morning I was waking up, and I, I, this happens uh, periodically in my life, where I'm coming out of sleep, and then in that in-between place, it's like a placement counter often. And um, and I'd had a dream, and but then God spoke to me as I was coming as I was coming awake, and He said, "Peace comes when you surrender to God's design." And and the, that word, and I just felt the presence of God come over me, and it was word was like it was like loud inside of me, almost like an inner audible voice, you know. And um, and wow, with that word came a grace, and it just brought freedom to the whole process of thought that I was working out and asking the Lord about, and and so I realized that. Um, that God, so what we know is that God is a kingdom. Kingdom is structure. Kingdom has design. Amen? How many know that in a kingdom there's authority? Right? You've got a king. And then, uh, uh, and then under that king, Jesus is the king. And then under that king, you've got all kinds of different delegations of authority and power. And many different levels, right? Even even if you look into the Old Testament, you can see when they when they were organized armies, you had you had foot soldiers, you had horse soldiers, some had bows, some had different weapons, and then and then you had captains, right? You, you could have a captain of ten or a captain of fifty, and so there were different um, levels of authority, and and it, none of it spoke to how valuable each individual was in that army, but everybody has their place. Amen. And uh, so we're going to read today out of Ephesians chapter 4. Going to read uh, 4 through 13, and, um, and then we'll focus um, on just a few of those verses. Here it is. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. I just love reading this part. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. <laughs> we have the same daddy. Who is above all and through all and in all. <laughs> He's everywhere. Now, here it is. Verse 7. Now, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, in my version, it says the Messiah's gift. But Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. When he, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, right? That was after his resurrection. He ascended. When he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. Or it says he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to people. But what, what does he ascended mean? Except that he descended into the lower parts of the earth. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens. That he might fill all things. And he, here you go. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the training of the saints or the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ. How long will that go until verse 13? 
we all reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into the full, mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Powerful. I love this verse because it is so all-inclusive. It tells you what he, the gifts he gave, why he gave them, and how long we will have those gifts. Right? There's a couple of things that some of the church has tried to... I love the church, so I just want to be careful how I say that. But the reality is, there are a couple things that some Christians are not comfortable with. The move of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fact that there still are... Most people are okay with pastors and evangelists and teachers... But apostles and prophets make people really uncomfortable. As I thought about this, I realized that the moving of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and apostles and prophets bring that element of kingdom now, God is here, there is power, and it is a little unnerving because what does it mean? It means I am not in control. And, and until we actually surrender that part of our, of our, you know, wherever, if I'm uncomfortable, I think, if, God, if something about God makes me uncomfortable, I'm like, I must need to be a little uncomfortable. Because he's pinpointing something in my life, because why, why do I make you uncomfortable here? And I notice that peace comes when I surrender to his design. When I quit insisting on the way that I would like it to be, and sometimes we don't even realize, it's not even a, a conscious argument, but it's just a little bit of a discomfort. Well, what is that? Well, hey, listen, does it surprise us that the creator of all things, when you get really close to him, you're going to feel a little bit nervous? Even though he's a good, good father, as we sang this morning, even though he loves us unconditionally, he'll, he always treats us so well. Treats us just like he treats Jesus. And, 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 and he's so good. Yet, there is an element to God, when you get close to him, it feels like you're next to God. <laughs> you know? And, and you even see in the New Testament that for a while, the believers were actually, many of the believers uh, were, were nervous to hang around the apostles. All the apostles were together. And the apostles weren't like, we're in the apostles only club. Like, the apostles weren't being exclusive. It was the fact that they had real power moving through their life. And they spoke with an authority that couldn't be challenged. And and it was like, that makes me, it was new. And, And that makes us really uncomfortable. So the people were afraid to associate and hang out with the apostles. Well, they kept... You know, obviously, we know they, they did have connection with the apostles because they had to be taught by them. And, um, and so apostles and prophets. And I, I just thought I would draw that point that, that it's, if you think about what there's been warfare over in the church, it is the offices and the elements of God and the gifts of God that, that bring the power of God to bear on the earth among his people. But that is what we as believers are supposed to be known for. Not our creeds, not our list of rules, do's and don'ts, what we ought to wear to church, you know, whether we cuss or not. 
Like, like it, you know, the Holy Spirit does a work of purity in your life. But what we're known for is that he is with us. And that we have encountered him and that other people can meet him through us in many different ways. A cool thing happened the other, just the other day. Um, I just actually, so it, I wanted to go. I love the uh, Orchard Nutrition Store down there, down in the, in the valley there. And um, so we were out, Amy and I went to, went to the store, went to Costco. And I said, oh, I just want to swing by and grab a couple things. So we, we went over there to Orchard Nutrition now. There's a um, there's a, a young woman who works in there, and I've been seeing her in there for probably like two about about two years, I'd say. And you know how you can just feel like there's something. Y'all, I just look for the moments, you know. And um, and I hadn't seen a really great opportunity. I just look for this like where where the earth opens up and just throw a seed in there, you know, whenever you can. And um, and I'm looking for it, you know. And um, I just feel the love of God for her. She works there. And when I go in there, and, um, and so Amy and I are in the aisle, and um, she says, hey, you guys coming out to the event tomorrow? Oh, probably so. We're just talking. I looked at her, and just the word of the Lord came to me suddenly. This is like, that's a good testimony. So, so I, I looked at her, and this word of the Lord came to me in the strong presence of the Lord. And I just saw it so clear, and I said, "Are you, are you looking to move?" And she goes, "What?" I said, "Yeah, are you, are you looking to move house or anything? You look for a new place to live?" She goes, "Why'd you ask me that? You're kind of tripping me out right now." And I said, oh, "I don't know. It just came to me. I, I don't really know what it's about." She goes, "Why do you have a house to, to that you want to rent?" I go, "No, I, it just came to me. I don't really know what it's about." And um, and I, and then she's like, oh, and you could tell she was, I had her attention or God did. And, um, and I said, uh, well, is there like, do you have like two places? Or, do you have like two places available that you're choosing between? Yeah, kind of. And I said, oh, wow. And, um, I mean her, it was amazing. Like her eyes were, you could, you know, her eyes were tearing up and. And I said, um, well, I just want, we just want to pray for you. So I just prayed for her really quick. And I just prayed that, Father, that you would just help her to find, the, that you would help her into the place that would be the very best for her. And that um, she'll know that you love her. And, um, and I was just able to tell her and prayed in Jesus' name. And I uh, wanted her to hear the name of Jesus. And, uh, and then I said, um, I said, yeah, we'll bless you. And uh, hey, you know, God loves you and he sees you. And it was just a powerful moment. And so, so why do I share that? Because just to sum up the point I've been making is that when we're available, you never know when God is going to drop something in the moment. And but this is what if I went in there and handed her the four spiritual laws on a piece of paper, you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, I used to, I used to actually love the four spiritual laws. But, but I'll tell you what, when people encounter God, they, they, you get their attention. And then you can share Christ. And I'm like, and I just felt in that moment, I had said everything in that moment. Sometimes you want to go all the way. And uh, I thought, I'm going to see her again. This is going to be an amazing. Uh, so anyway, bless her, Lord. Just continue your work. And, um, and so God has a way. Christ's gift. So Christ has given gifts to men, right? And then to people. 
and men and women, people, and and they are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Okay, um, and there are other gifts. These are what we have come to call the fivefold ministry. Now, why? What is this about? Well, it's according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay, what you see in Jesus is that he was the ultimate apostle. He's the apostle of our faith. He is. He is a prophet. Jesus walked the earth as a true prophet. Right? He, 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 he walked the earth as the shepherd. The true shepherd. The good shepherd. Who enters by the gate. That the sheep know his name. Jesus was a gatherer. That's what shepherds do. They gather. They feed. They protect. Jesus was doing these things. He was a teacher. People would come out just to hear him teach. Right? I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, literally, Jesus, in that story, Jesus was just out there teaching. Probably, yes, I'm sure they had heard about the miracles and and whatnot. But people, if you can imagine, were captivated by the teaching. They were amazed at his teaching because they said he speaks with authority, not like the scribes and and the the other teachers that we have. And he was the ultimate evangelist. Jesus was always going out. And, and releasing the kingdom. And he came with a message that the kingdom is at hand. And I just want to tell you, like, I am so stirred up to see this kingdom advancing here in Trinity County. You know, I just, I was just, I was just envisioning again this week, like, man, every home, God, you know, every home, every back street, every cabin, every place, you know, every person, God, and, and get them. And um, and so we're believing for the kingdom that the kingdom is advancing. So God has a way and a plan for his people. God's plan for his bride is to raise her up to a full manifestation of Christ in the earth. That's what it means. The fullness of the measure of Christ or the full stature of Christ. We have this fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints and for the building up of the body. You know. God loves us right where we're at, but he won't leave us there. You know what I'm saying? Like he does a sanctifying work in his life. And and um, in Destined for the Throne, one of the things that Paul E. Bilheimer says is that, that God's ultimate plan in mankind is to raise up for his son a bride who will sit on the throne with Christ and reign with him for eternity as his judicial equal. <laughs> That just raises the vision for your life a little. And, um, and, so, and, and so that she would be a fitting partner to him. There's an ever-increasing glory in the bride of Christ throughout the ages. This is important to see. Sometimes we are pigeonholed by our limited view or our limited scope of God's plan for humanity because we only look at the day that we live in. But if you look all the way back to the garden and you look at the whole process, the fall, how God began to pursue mankind, right? He came with the judges, with the, he came with, anyway, he, 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 he manifests himself to, to our patriarchs, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He came with the judges, with the prophets, and, and he just kept coming, getting closer until finally he sent Christ. 
And, and then now we're in the age of the church in the, under the new covenant. And since the church was born from the side of Jesus, that she now has been rising throughout the ages. Now, you can look in specific places in history at specific times and you can go, no, no, uh, nothing on the Richter scale there. It doesn't look like much was happening, you know. But I'll tell you, somewhere on the planet, I call it the original flame. Somewhere on the planet, this kingdom, this fire of the Spirit has been burning on the planet since Pentecost. And if you look at the church globally today, from where she began, what a difference. There's never been as many believers on the face of the planet as there is today. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And and um, and and here's another encouraging word. There has never been a time in history that people are coming into the kingdom in mass and at such at such a rate than today. So don't let the news discourage you. There are more people. Not only are there more people being saved, there are they are coming faster and in greater numbers around the earth than than they ever have been before. And you can see that this is building, and, and partially it's because there's more people on the face of the planet, but also because more of God's people are catching this fire and this kingdom message and are being mobilized. We're all in the ministry. We're all in the ministry. All right, so a coming glory yet to be seen. Uh, there's a full release of the body of Christ to action. This is what God, this is what the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists are actually all about. Now, I think that we can go, we, you know, the enemy always looks to polarize us or to swing us to one side of the pendulum or the other. Now, one says, no, there's no more apostles. There was only 12. They're gone. There's no more apostles or prophets on the face of the earth. Right. And then or you could say, well, then maybe we all are either apostle or prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Right. No, not all. But 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 what we do have is a design. And God has given gifts and graces to people so that so that all of the body of Christ can be equipped. Now, what church church in the Western world became pretty ineffective at times because we got into this mentality that. The pastor does all the all the stuff, and you know we kind of just live a humdrum, like you know, life, and and not really responsible for advancing the kingdom in any way, and and then we just come on one day of the week and feel a little bit alive again, and then and if that's where you're at, that's okay. Just keep coming. I, there is no judgment for where we are. Hear my heart on this. We are never going to judge somebody for where they are in the journey. Like, you're here? Good. We love you. We love you and God loves you. So there's no, requir- like, there's no, no requirement to come. Just come. Right? Nobody gets transformed by God until they come to him. So it's a good thing he doesn't require us to be transformed before we come. He's like, go shape yourself up. Make yourself ready. No, he says, come to me. Remember last week we said, the Lord said, walk before me and be holy. It's when you come and walk with God that you get changed. Apostles and prophets as well. Okay, I already made that point. Excellent. We're doing so well. 
Thank you, Barry. You know, so here's what I want to say. Here's here's another point that I want to make to you that God had, God does have a way. Do you know what his way is? People. Obviously, Jesus is the way. He's a person. Jesus is the way. But Jesus, when he ascended on high, he gave his gifts to men. Now, none of us can be Jesus. None of us can ever be Jesus. But he goes, I'll make it easy on you. I'll split the graces up and I'll just give you some of this and you some of this and you some of this. And because we need it all. And so so God's way is people. You see it through the scripture, right? When God wants to do something, he sends a person. He looks for a person and he sends a person, right? He sent John before Jesus. He sent Christ. He said, he said, I looked in Ezekiel. I looked for an intercessor to stand in the gap. It's amazing how God has put all of his purposes and his plans into the hands of people. And so that the only way his plans and purposes advance is through people that he chooses. It's amazing. Because he could just plant his feet and go, I'm going to shape it all up myself. But he delights in working through us. So, what are these as we've come? And now, is the fivefold ministry in the Bible? No, it's a term that we have come to use for these ministers. Okay? Another, another way to describe them would be that they are grace dispensers. Grace is an attribute of God that imparts substance to our lives. Did you get that? When you say, when, you, when God gives you grace, he, it gives you power and substance. God gives grace to the humble. Here's another thing. God puts these gifts in you and me, in people, so that it requires humility to receive what he has for us. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know that thing where you're like, you know, you go somewhere, you never heard this you never heard this person before, and you're like, well, we'll just see. Usually you do see. You see what you expect to see. Whether you were right or not, you know what I mean? I don't know if I can receive anything from that person. You're right. Because that was even true about Jesus. Who's this? Oh, Son of God in the flesh, the living Word Himself through through him, all things were made without him. Nothing was made that was made in him. was the life. Okay, So Jesus, the one. And yet the very son of God walking around in the flesh, perfect, in perfect union with the father, the spirit without measure. There was nothing that Jesus couldn't do. Yet he goes to his hometown. And he could just do a few. A bad day for Jesus is he could just do a few miracles. It wasn't a bad day for Jesus because he was the son. But it was a bummer day for the folks who said, who's this? The carpenter's son? Well, come on. Who's this guy? We can't receive anything from him. They were right. But it wasn't because something wasn't available. So one of the keys to receiving 
from these offices really is that we come with honor. All right. God gives grace to the humble. So, um, grace, what does it do? It saves us. It elevates our level of living. It empowers us. It transforms us. It causes us to stand. We you know we stand. Even in our, in our Christian walk, we are, it's, it's the grace of God that makes us righteous before God. And it says, be careful if you think you stand unless you fall. Why? Because it's the humility realizing that the difference in me is Christ himself. And I, I am not righteous without him. That's why you don't, that's why you can't judge anybody in their righteousness, you know, because it, it, it's so freeing to realize that you can look at the worst case in life and you can say, it, sometimes you just get so humbled in your heart when you look and you realize, except for the grace of God. And it helps you, it helps you to love. So, if we're stewards of anything, we are actually stewards of grace. You realize we steward what we're given. So the fivefold ministry. Ian Bound said it this way. He said, he said, man looks for better methods. God looks for better men. It's always, and then I hope you always hear me say, I always say this, but I want to be clear. It's men and women. Because there's equal opportunity in the kingdom for men and women. And it's just that he wrote that in the early 1900s. And there were really not many women in the ministry at the time. Um, but listen, a person with a yes will bear fruit over what seem to be the best methods or ideas. How does that apply to the fivefold ministry? Because God anoints people... Not ideas or personality types. Let that just get to you for a minute. Do you realize that God doesn't anoint ideas? He, he will give ideas to his people. But sometimes his people just have ideas and they work because they're the ones that God has chosen and anointed. And you're like, oh, that turned out to be a good idea. And you're like, it probably was. I don't know. It, it, maybe it was the fact that God just backed the person that he chose. And so we, on a human level, in our, when we get into our elder brother mindset, where we compete with each other, we get into the mode where we kind of squabble and argue and judge one another. And we go, well, I don't know if that's the best idea. Maybe I think I could do it better and everything. But, but the reality is, is that it comes down to who has God chosen. We were just talking about Benny Hinn last night. My son was over, um, and we had a, a birthday party at the house, and it was family and friends. And, um, and we were talking about how when Benny Hinn came to, uh, to a stand in Reading a couple years ago, and it was so powerful. Now, I, always, I had calculated, I had thought before, what would it take? I'd see Benny on the... And a lot of people struggle with Benny, but I'll tell you something. This is actually my point. I'm getting, this is actually my point. People, a lot of people struggle with Benny and his style. And, um, and he's very strict. If you've been in a Benny Hinn meeting, he's like, he's like, but he'll be like, take that baby out of here. I did not come to hear, people did not come to hear a baby cry. 
you know, or it was like, and he's, and he's very like the way he commands the room is very specific, but the heart behind it for him is that he's like, I don't want people to be distracted. It's not, I love babies. I just don't want people to miss what God has for them. And in his ministry and what God has shown him and how to steward, that is how he stewards it. Is that the only way to steward an atmosphere of the anointing? No, because I've seen it done different ways. But it's the way that he does it, and God backs him up. And we were talking about this this whole thing, and I had thought, what would it take to get prayed for by Benny Hinn? Man, I'd probably have to wait till he goes to Oakland. I'd have to go down early in the morning, stand in line all day, and then maybe, maybe if I even get in, you know. And uh, but just being there, maybe that would be amazing. And not that I was staking my destiny on it. I was like, ah, eh, maybe it'll never happen. That's all right. God's in control of my destiny. And I, but um, but it was amazing. One day I look up. God just fulfills the desires of your heart sometimes. I look up. Benny's coming to us. Somebody puts me on the front row. I'm like, I'm just sitting where I'm told. Next thing you know, I'm getting prayed for by Benny Hinn. It was amazing. It was powerful. I tell you, that man walks by you, and like the anointing just washes over you. It's really incredible man and an amazing heart. Now, here's what here I say all that to make this point. God anoints people, not ideas, but also not personality types or ministry styles. Now, what happens is is that we experience God in certain ways, and then we attribute that way to the way God does it. Well, I love Joyce Meyer, and that's how teachers teach. Well, that's how Joyce Meyer teaches, and she's anointed by God as a teacher. So Joyce being Joyce works because she was chosen and anointed and gifted, and then she's herself. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, for some of us, Some personality types are easier to receive from than others. But but when we stumble over that, I think we have our eyes on the wrong thing. Because what I need is the grace that's on that person's life. Next week, we have Chris Overstreet coming to be with us. He's an evangelist. He's very charismatic. He's excited. But I want to tell you something. Come next week, bring people. But I want to tell you something. That is Chris being Chris. Chris is being himself. He And, and some people are like, man, why is he so, you know. But, and then other people are like, I love Chris. I love his passion. But, man, he always brings a good word. He's anointed. But I'll tell you something about Chris. The anointing is on his life. You know, uh, a friend of mine told a story about how they were out on outreach and he said, Chris looks across the parking lot and yells to a lady. Now, this wouldn't be everybody's style. But he yells to this lady across the parking lot. People are like, you've got to honor people. Don't make them stand out in public, you know. Well, that's how you do it. But Chris obeys God and how Chris hears God. And, and you don't have to do it like Chris. But, but Chris yells and he goes, hey. And he gets her attention and he says, God's delivering you from a demon right now. And she goes, ah, and falls over in the parking lot and gets delivered from a demon at a distance. And you're like, well, I don't like that. And you're like, I don't, God does, I guess, because he's delivering people with demons. God likes people to get free of demons. He likes that. You know, I don't like the way he did it. Well, I don't know. You know, God, God was doing that for her, not you. 
So, you know, like maybe if you need a deliverance, he'll do it different. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I don't care how he does what he does. I just want what he has. I just want what he has for me and for everybody. So we, so we, we, we have a high value for letting people be who they are. But sometimes we have a hard time doing it for people who are a little more prominent. I don't know why we do that. Does that make sense? You know, just because the guy's well known and he goes around and speaks everywhere and then we hold him to this, oh, I don't like this about him and this about him. And it's like, well, that's criticism and judgment. And just because they're famous or Christian famous or whatever, doesn't, you know what I mean? Have you, you know what, I've had to repent before because I'd be talking about, because I'm saying things about a famous person, a movie, an actor or somebody, and I'm like, well, this, that. You know, you're saying these things. And the Lord's like, hey, that's a real person. Just because you don't know him doesn't make you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's the same as if I'm criticizing somebody I know. I really have had to repent of that before. And sometimes we do that even with ministers. And and the bummer about that is it doesn't hurt them, but it excludes us from receiving what God has for us in that person. So God chooses people. And places his grace on them. He places that grace we need in people. In doing so, he doesn't cater to our preferences, but according to what he knows we need. You ever eat at the Samoa cookhouse over there at Samoa? You know? What are you going to order? What they're making. That's what I, it's kind of fun to go eat there, right? You're like, you're like, wonder what I'm going to get. Well, it's lunch, so you're going to have lunch. And you'll find out what that lunch is when you sit down and they tell you what they're going to bring you. Like, I love it. It just takes all the, you know, we go there for breakfast. Anyway, Samoa Cookhouse over there. It's a fun experience. But, but I think that's a lot like God. He's like, you're like, well, I don't know, God. You know what? I was going to order like a, you know, like hold the conviction. Just I'll have a little extra, you know, whatever. And, um, I, you know, and God's like, well, I made a meal and I want you to eat it all. Because I know what you need. I know what you need. You know, I know what you need. Do you want what you want? Aren't you glad your parents probably just didn't give you whatever you wanted? I just wanted to eat Skittles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, and your mom's like, I love you, and I want you to live a long time and have teeth while you do it. And, and you're like, but why? You're so mean. Or you'll thank me later. And, um, and I think God's that way. So apostles, and this is, we're just going to breeze through this. Um, we'll touch on this today, but apostles are sent once. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a word that means sent. It means like sent with a mission. Apostles are fathers or mothers. There's women. If you want to know who modern day apostles are, we know about, we know about Paul and, and we know about the, the 12 apostles um, also, Timothy actually was, but we're like, that's the pastoral epistle. Well, somebody named it that. But if you actually look at the scripture, Paul says, when I send you Timothy, he's going to remind you of me. And Timothy was doing everything Paul was doing. He was overseeing the church of Ephesus everywhere. Paul was like, if, when you see Timothy, it, it's, he's going to remind you of me. He's my son, Timothy. Timothy was an apostle. And there were other apostles named in the scripture. So modern day apostles who... Here's a few examples. Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker is absolutely an apostle in the kingdom. 
Bill Johnson, David Hogan. Sent with a mission. Fathers, they cover and empower other gifts. One thing you'll find around apostles is that the other gifts, often like the pastors, the teachers, evangelists, will, will become, will, will rise under their covering. They find a greater empowerment and a greater grace to operate. They are the chief principal. They're meant to be the chief principal influence, really, when it comes to teaching in the church. That's what the early church was gathering together. Now, there were other people. We're going to get to that with teachers. There were other people who were teaching, but it was the apostles teaching that they were gathering together to hear every time they had a chance. Prophets declare the future events and what God is presently doing. Okay, this is what prophets do in our midst. They also release a grace to see prophetically ourselves. Whenever you get around a prophet, you get tuned into um, that. Uh, you get tuned into like the spiritual realm of God. They go, "Wow, wait, what? What's God saying? Yep, there's angels in here. You know the prophets come in. You ever get like Bobby Connor? Anybody heard from Bobby Connor before? Love Bobby. You know what's amazing about Bobby? Talk about grace dispensers." is that Bobby will come and sometimes he'll just gun the prophetic words at you and sometimes he just tell really funny stories. And you're like, I, you could be in that room going like, what does wrestling a bear have to do with the kingdom? That you wrestle the bear? What is that? But, but what's happening, if you've, if, you've got, if, you've, if you've got an appreciation for what he carries more than what he says, there is a grace that is being released. And so when you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. When we, when, we, when we are willing to recognize people, not for whether we like them or their style or if we would choose them, but if we recognize that, if we recognize that God chooses them, that God has graced them, and that they carry something we need. Powerful. And I think it's important to realize this kingdom perspective because what the church can do sometimes when we forget about God's governmental structure is that we get sort of like diminished to a Christian club. And I think that's when a lot of squabbling and kind of bummer stuff starts happening because we get low minded. We forget that we're really actually royal and that we are in a kingdom and that there is a beautiful authority structure that God has created not by man, it's not, a, it's not a human institution, but it is God's, God has instituted the church. Teachers. My, my spiritual father was a prophet. And man, I'm telling you, the real deal. Man, I could tell you stories about Michael, but I will sometime. I could tell you some crazy stories about Michael. And I knew, I, I knew him, he's in heaven now. And just, oh, wow. But you just get around, you just spend time with Michael and you become prophetic yourself. You notice that about prophets. You spend time around a prophet, man, you just stand next to one and you can prophesy like there's no tomorrow. Like all of a sudden. Like, man. And if you will honor that grace, what happens is when you walk away, you get to take it with you. You keep it. This is God's design. He doesn't put a special gift on individual people just so that we can look at those people and say they are special. 
He puts a special gift and he puts special gifts in each one of us so that when we get together, we all get what one another has. So when Chris comes, I'm excited. You know, evangelists, I'm jumping ahead. But they have eyes for the harvest. You spend time with an evangelist, you know what you remember? There's a great commission. There are lost people. We, I want to tell somebody about Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? You know? And, and, and then not only that, but you get this boldness. Like, man, that used to scare me. But somehow after listening to you, it's weird. But I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about stepping out. I'm a little nervous, but I really want to. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Why is that? Because you didn't just hear about something you should be doing. You got a grace. It's invisible, but it's tangible. And the grace of God came upon you. And now because you have, you have received from an evangelist, he's out winning souls like crazy. But because you received from, from an evangelist, you're like, oh man, yes, I see the harvest. The fields are white. You know, maybe I'm not going to preach crusades, but I want to, man, I, I got a heart for John at work. Pastors, what do they do? They gather, they feed, they guard, they protect. You know, a pastor is that shepherd. One of the things you'll see about a pastor is, like, they they do, they gather, they feed, they protect, too. You know, like, somebody comes around, they're kind of like, what's that that guy up to? You know, yeah, are you safe? That's what you're wondering. As soon as you know, as as, as soon as they know you're safe, they're like, awesome, come on in, come on in. You know, but it's just like, if I think you want to eat one of these, I got a staff for that. You know, <laughs> so, you know, and, and so they're like the most loving person, but can be, it's like David, right? He's like, he's like, love my sheep. I'll kill that lion. You know, <laughs> like, I'll take it by, I love how he says, I took it by the beard. I might even know they had beards. But anyway, they kind of do. I saw Lion King. Teachers, they equip through teaching. They, they have a, uh, they, they have a, the, you know what's amazing about a true five-fold teacher? is like you just want to hear them teach. And it's like, as soon as they start teaching, you ever lose, how many like Joyce Myers? Anybody ever heard Chuck Smith? That's another, like a whole Christian movement under a teacher. And it was like, it was like, it was in the day when God was moving in signs and wonders and miracles, but Chuck was a teacher. And, and they said, I knew a guy who was in, the, in that movement with him. And he said, actually, my parents used to go to that church. But he said, Chuck would come in. He would open his Bible. And the minute he began to speak, he would just, and he would just teach. Just teach through the Bible. And, and it was awesome. But he was like, he said, a peace would come over the room. And people would just listen. And, it was, and it's his teaching gift. And then all of these, see, now, here's the thing. So when you receive from an apostle, you realize, oh, it's, it's God's design. It's the kingdom now. Oh, signs and wonders and miracles. Oh, the power of God. The, every believer, the value for that and the grace for that raises in their life. You, listen, you get around a pastor, you're like, yeah, love the people. Feed the people. Gather the people. Get, let's, we need to start some home groups. Let's, you know, like, and... and and it's amazing. And you're like, you guys all feeling loved over here? Good. Good, good. Yes. You want everyone to feel loved, covered, safe. You know, you just love everybody. And you get around a pastor and you start getting a little bit like that. 
Teacher, you start getting revelation. Now, apostles teach, prophets can teach, teachers teach, evangelists teach. I'm just saying, there's a thing, even one of the requirements for being an elder, an overseer in the scripture is able to teach. So not everybody teaches is a teacher. But lots of people can teach. It's better. For, I suggest if it's in your heart you and you just go, I would like to do that. Probably God has an avenue for you. All right, we're going to wrap this up. So it's not personalities, but it's grace. If our focus is on the grace then we'll be able to receive it in many different packages. I feel like I'm really thankful for myself that I, I just feel like God has really given me a personal grace for this. And, and I know that you, you just love, you do, we all kind of love to receive from some more than others. But I'll tell you what, like, I just want what he has. Like, I can drink from so many different streams. I'm like, the thing is, is it's kingdom it's the kingdom in power. It's the one Jesus demonstrated. That is who we are. That is who we need to be. A gospel without power is not the full gospel. Okay? A Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a full Christian life. I'm just going from the Word of God. I say that to say, but... I love to drink from different streams. Joseph, you know, Joseph Prince... Teacher. You know, you get a little Joseph Prince, get a little Alan Hood in your life. Get a little Mike Bickle going on. Little, I don't know, just this and that. I'm just naming names because I'm like, I love to drink from different streams. And I don't, I'll just be really honest. I'm not bragging to myself. I guess this is a grace. But I don't really go like, I don't like the way Joyce is, you know, a little more calm and not that excited. No, I'm like, Joyce is amazing. Such rich wisdom. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't care what, I don't care like how the fountain is like formed or how ornate it is or what color you painted it. I'm interested in what's coming out of that thing. So it's not whether I prefer a certain style, but whether I recognize and value the grace of God that's available in the vessel of honor. Our ability to receive, I've got two more statements, our ability to receive grace and be equipped depends on our recognition of God's design and our ability or desire to receive. It's fostering a hunger. 